We're so excited to spend some time with you today on the Awakening Moments podcast. My name is Lori. And I am Rhonda. And it's our hope that you would feel like we are with you wherever you are right now, having a real life conversation about life in all its beauty and in all its mess. We believe that God wants to open our eyes to an awakening moment that will help us thrive in every part of our being. So we invite you on this adventure with us as we listen, learn, and grow together. Well, Rhonda, I just want to start today by telling you how much I love you. (laughs) You are awesome. And I'm so thankful for you. Honestly, you know how the scriptures talk about iron sharpening iron? Like for for me, this podcast and just doing this with you and your friendship, like you are iron for me. You help me grow to be more like Jesus. You sharpen me in such a beautiful way and your character and your heart before the Lord and your humility and your hunger to grow and learn. It's so beautiful. And I just, I so love you. I so love you and admire you. Oh, Laura, I, feel I just want to tell you that. You. <laughs> Wouldn't it I don't awesome? tell you that enough. <laughs> well, it goes both ways. It'd be so awesome if I just said ditto. <laughs> I won't do that. You don't have to say anything. I feel the but, same, but we look forward to podcasting oh. because honestly for me as well, well, you are such an inspiration, my best friend, but an inspiration in my life. And this is exactly, we are able to have this intentional time to really pour into one another and pour into everyone joining us on this journey. But I really appreciate all that you have brought and continue to bring in my life too. We are, we're really blessed to do life together and to do life with so many incredible people. Yeah. And uh, we need one another. Absolutely. But But I just want you to know, I don't take you for granted and I don't take this for granted. I don't take our time together for granted. It's very special. And I love you so much and I'm, I'm so thankful for you. <laughs> you too, and I thank Ditto. God for you. <laughs> Literally, I thank God for you. Aww, you too. Um, but anyways, but I thought we could have kind of an interesting conversation um, today. I, I don't know exactly where it's going to go, but let's see what comes out of it. But I've just been processing this idea of, you know, what does it feel like to be you? And I know that's such a weird question because I don't even know how I would answer that. But I started to think about, you know, even just how so often we get caught up in comparisons. We get caught up in like we look at other people and what we see, um, maybe we try to glean from them or we have this impression of how they are or who they are or how they think or what makes them tick or what's kind of going on or even just what's presented, we kind of get this impression from that based on lots of different things. And I know that everybody has a different idea of, you know, how they see people. Everyone's view is very, very different and unique. But, you know, I kind of just want to demystify a little bit because sometimes in leadership, you know, and especially if you've lived a life on a platform, like meaning like that you've had a public aspect to your life, There can be even more just ideas of like who that person is, you know, what their strengths are, what makes them tick. Um, But I actually want to just talk about what does it actually feel like to be you? Because I think that people would look at you, for example, and I think that they would see a very confident woman. I think that they would see a strong leader. Um, I think that they would see someone who's very kind and people oriented who, um, 
someone who loves to make other people feel special and seen and valued. I think people would see all of that. Um, I think you give those things off very authentically. Um, but I think other people too would not see that you have any flaws or struggles or, um, insecurities or anything like that. Right. I think when, because when you walk into a room, you are put together, you're always smiling, you're always doing good, you know? So all of these things sort of give this impression of, you know, who you are, but what does it actually feel like when Rhonda Corto wakes up in the morning? You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I guarantee you, it doesn't feel like all of that all the time. <laughs> Those are aspects of who you are, but it doesn't feel like that. No, so, it doesn't feel like that. So anyways, I don't know. I don't know if there's any merit to this conversation, but I was just thinking about that. And I think it's also part of just letting people get to know us, but also we all have this. Absolutely. And everybody looks at everybody and has this idea of what they think their life is. But that's not the whole picture at all for any of us. And so I think it's important to sometimes just talk like that and have that conversation and talk about, okay, so what does that actually feel like for you? What does it feel like? You know, it's funny. We've talked about before being the duck that right. smooth duck. Right. So that's probably right. what people see. Right, 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 <laughs> right. We're on the top of the water. Yeah, just looking like everything's fine and Shoulders calm. up, head up, that's smiling. Right, looking away, but <laughs> underneath the water, the legs are flapping, like going crazy. It's almost like if you see that picture of like the above and below water of the duck. Yeah. The above is just gliding and below it's like the little legs. I have to manage a lot of that in my own life. Even sometimes when I share publicly, I will sit for hours and sometimes decompress by picking apart things or being so critical on myself or feeling like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I should have said it like this or I shouldn't have done that. So sometimes in the morning when I wake up, like I'm not waking up ready to take on everything I have that day. This strong, powerful leader. <laughs> sometimes the, the sheet goes up back over my head. Like, oh God, like get in. Can I just hide here? Is there someone else you want to use? Like I, putting ourselves always in positions. I mean this sincerely. When you do have a portion of your life that is in front of people, that is on stage or sh- that you're leading, you really have to move through the insecurities, the feeling of inadequacies, the feeling of even perfectionism, striving, your own image, pride. You have to continually lay that down. And, but that doesn't just go away. Mm-hmm. It's something you feel and you have to lay down. It's a constant movement. So some, I'm just ordinary like everybody else. There, there's nothing that I face in my day. We're just people. We're yeah. just average people. And I think that's part of what people don't maybe understand or see that part. Not that they don't understand. They don't see that part because we don't often talk about that like we are right now. But that under the water, internal, I have to constantly lay that down because I get really anxious. Like I get really nervous. Like even leading a meeting when I have to preach. Oh my goodness. For like three days, I don't sleep. Like there's a lot of that. I have to literally like rely on the Holy Spirit and be like, okay, that's not about me. I got to lay this down. I'm just a person. Uh, and also sharing authentically is not natural for me. I would be way, like, it'd be way easier for me to just work on my own without really having to ever put myself out there. People might be surprised by that. Right. But actually putting myself out there in front of people, even being open to 
people's opinions is a real step of obedience for me to do. And there was a season I didn't have a public platform as much as far as being a pastor. When I worked for seven years outside in the corporate world, it was actually really easy because I was like, wow, like I don't really ever have to speak. I'm leading people as a manager, but not in front of a bunch of people. Like it literally is one-on-one. I'm mentoring and coaching and helping. And that was like really easy. And then when the Lord called me back into full-time ministry, I was like in the, in the church world, we're all ministers. I mean, full-time in the church. I was like, oh, really? Because honestly, once again, all of those insecurities, all those feelings of inadequacy, and I've just realized that's just part of my obedience step. And I, I don't mean to minimize this or to say this in a way that sounds, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, I'm just going to say it, but it is part of that obedience. I want to say, pick up your cross daily and follow the Lord. Part of me is picking up that, that call to say, no matter how I feel, no matter what my emotions are. I'm going to keep moving forward. God's called me to do this. Wow. And it'd be easy to shrink back. It'd be easy to say, no, you know, that's too much stress. I don't need it or I don't want it or I don't, you know, I actually don't even need to work. I can just, it'd be easy for me just to say, I'm just going to minimize everything. And for some, that's the call that got, that they need to make in their lives. I'm not saying that we all have to just keep pushing forward. But for me, I know that that's not what God's asking me to do. Because me laying that down would be because I want comfort and ease. Wow. And I love that. I would really prefer to be in a comfortable, ease-driven life. Not what people necessarily see, this like taking the hill. That's a spirit thing, but it's also a part wow. of an intentional, right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. See, I think that's something that people would not they know. They would not know that. About no. you. So your preference, like in your flesh, like if it was just you and you were only considering yourself would prefer a life of comfort, of great comfort, of just like taking a step back and ease. And so the taking the hill is like, no, I have to like walk in the spirit to do that. It's a spiritual gift and there is an empowerment with it. Yeah. But my natural flesh doesn't necessarily always want to do that. My natural would rather live in the country, maybe have breed dogs, look after country property and enjoy just going on lawn walks and just having people over and just being a simpler, quieter life. That would be my heart's desire. But what God's asked me to do is different. And that is a spiritual gift. And that's something that God and I, there's an ease that comes with it because it is the empowerment of the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit, but it is not naturally what I choose. And some days I literally have, I, many days I have to lean into that to be like, no, this is what God's asking me to do. And to just step forward. How about you? What would it be like to be so interesting? Okay, I want to ask you one more oh, question, and then we can go. Then we can go to me. Okay. But um, how do you feel when you know that people are looking at you? Like, do you do you? Is that like? Um, are you okay with that? Is that or is that uncomfortable? Do you not like that? Like, meaning, like again, we're just talking about literally. Sometimes you have to be on a stage. You lead a large church. You lead a lot of people, so people are always looking at you. They're always looking at you in whatever you do, whether it's small, your team to large, the entire church, leading worship, preaching, teaching, whatever it is that you're doing, people are always looking at you. How do you feel about that? Well, I think now being so many years into ministry, you've, you, I take it as a real honor. Like it's a deep honor to be able to be in those, into that place in people's lives. And I deeply respect that. And I know that's an invited space, but it also opens yourself up to, 
you know, oh, crit- yeah. you know, obviously like you're with people and the oh, criticism yeah. or whatever it may be, or even having to judgment, judgment, say oh, things, yeah. you know, you're saying things and after you're like, maybe I shouldn't have said it like that. Like there's a lot of those moments, but I feel like as you grow older and as you, for me in my spiritual journey, my faith, not necessarily age, as I've allowed the Lord to grow and mature that part of my heart, I feel you realize more and more it's not really about me and I'm only a person. I'm just a person. And what I do is through the Holy Spirit. And am I going to do it perfect? No. And I have to let go of striving. That's a bondage that has been in my life for many years was perfectionism striving for years that God has has and continually sets me free from. It's not something I was set free from once and I have to choose, continue to recognize it mm. and say, no, that's a striving spirit that is actually going to paralyze me and prevent me from taking the hill mm-hmm. or moving forward and doing the and moving in leadership like God's called me. But I have to focus on God's asked me to do this. And I've got to focus on more the honor and the joy and the privilege it is to serve him in this way versus, mm-hmm. oh, and now I got to really focus on the people part. Mm-hmm. That That is why I do is to serve the body of Christ because I'm serving God and to love his kids. This is how God's asked me to do that. This is how God's asked me in my journey. Mm-hmm. And I have to lay that down because what I'm laying down is myself. I'm laying down my own pride. I'm laying down my own insecurities and my own feeling of even my own, um, in, not independence, but being private. I am very private. Okay. Okay. So I have to lay that down of saying, okay, God, you've asked me not to live a <laughs> overly private life in right. that way. Yeah. And that's okay. Okay. It's part of it. Now, how about when you were younger though? Like, did you mind? Did you mind the stage? Did you mind people like looking at you? Like some people are very self-conscious about people looking at them and other people kind of thrive like again, like a performer, a they kind of thrive off of being seen, being like, wh- wh- what's that tension been for you? Yeah, I think growing up as a little girl, I was performing always on stage. So I think I just became used to that's what I okay. did. Okay. And I think it was more God's had to deal more with the the motives. The motives, okay. The motives part. But being on stage and being seen by people, no, I don't think that has ever been, that's not... Like a struggle. A struggle, You no. like it. You I like do it. enjoy it. You yeah, like it. I do enjoy yeah. that. It's part, yeah, of, the, part of my personality. Yeah, yeah, totally. But it's more when what comes with the authenticity. Okay. <laughs> Okay. It was easy when I was on right. stage yeah, and I could not be authentic, but we have really felt that call as leaders to step. And that's part of our podcast. Even this yeah. is part of it as intentionally right. saying we want to be authentic because it's really easy when you're on stage to kind of set up yourself to not, ha- you can be authentic, but not really. Right. And that's not healthy either. Like I need to practice authenticity yeah. because I can also act I can also do it in a way, perform. I know what to say. I know what to do, but I want people to know that I'm just like them and I'm, I'm being sanctified just like them Mm. by the work of the Holy Spirit. And all that I have is actually nothing. It's only by his grace Mm -hmm. and it's all by him. So I think this is exactly what we're doing is that intentional space. And is it always easy? No. Sometimes after a podcast, I'm like, oh, why did I say that? Or why did I share that? Oh gosh. (laughs) Sometimes I'll be like, oh, I didn't say it the way, you know, I have to let that go. And that is a constant struggle for me of perfectionism. And I have to constantly be like, no, I got to release it. I'm just learning and growing. I got to give myself grace to grow. And I also got to just be real. And it, and that's part of it. It's scary for me to be real, not to be on stage or to be seen, it's to be real. If I was actually Beautiful. to bring it all down, yeah, it would be to be really seen, wow. not seen, but seen. 
known. That's a different known. thing. Known. Exactly. Known. That's a different thing. So how about for you, Laura? Oh, how would you answer so that? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. I just, I love, like, I love just hearing that and hearing kind of just some of the behind, like what happens behind, again, the way that everybody would see or perceive you. Um, just, yeah, the honest truth of what's going on there. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, similar, similarly, so, you know, for me, how does it feel to be me? Um, again, I, I don't, and I never really have for whatever reason, I don't know if it's part of just the way that I was raised or the way that God's created me or the way, you know, just again, the design in my personality, but I've never overly thought about myself as being anything special. So because of that, I, I never, um, like initiated leadership. I never looked for it. I never thought that I had any leadership ability or now, like I am the firstborn in my family. I, w- I did have a lot of responsibility growing up. So I've always had a high sense of responsibility and people often who have a high sense of responsibility are often given then responsibility, which is leadership. Um, but for me, I, I never made that connection for many, many, many years. So yes, I would admit that I'm very responsible and could handle the weight of a lot of responsibility, no matter where, whether it's like at a workplace, whether in my family system, whether, you know, and then in ministry and so on and so on. But I never really put those two together as in being a leader. And I never really thought about myself as a leader. So when I wake up in the morning, Like I don't wake up in the morning and think like I'm a leader and this is what a leader does. You know, I don't ever think about my life in that way. And so because of that, I think in, in the grander picture, I think that's been a gift because it's brought almost like, almost like a natural, you know, that scripture that says like, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. I think it's almost given me a gift in the sense that like I never had to sort of be knocked off a pedestal <laughs> of thinking of myself more highly than I ought to think, but I had to work the opposite way of feeling um, qualified mm. to step into and to take leadership. Um, I always, from a young age, had relational equity for leadership. So you could see it, you know, forming around small groups or different things like that, or people would look to me for guidance or, but it would always be very relationally oriented. And that still is my wheelhouse. Like relational Mm -hmm. leadership is probably my greatest strength in leadership. But, um, but yeah, it took many, 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 many years for me to actually start to intentionally invest Mm. in myself as a leader and see myself that way, which all that meant is that I think for many, many years, I missed a lot of leadership opportunities, opportunities where I probably could have shaped things or had influence or used influence in a more intentional way for the Lord. And I think I got in my own way, um, even just in my own insecurities, just not seeing myself as a leader, mm-hmm. um, not seeing, not thinking I had the personality for that, not, not thinking that I had the temperament for that. And so, um, you know, there's, there's always been this kind of contentment that I've had in my life um, with whatever is in my hands. Whatever I have in my hands, I've sort of been content to steward that. Um, But again, because of that, I think I've missed out or maybe uh, avoided the the 
uncomfortable growth that comes from starting to step into Mm -hmm. different leadership opportunities. And so, yeah. So I think for a while I hid behind being a mom. I loved being a mom and kind of rocked it. Like I thought I would, like I loved it and like I really loved it and thrived being a mom. So I think I a little bit hid behind that um, just because it was comfortable and safe and I enjoyed it so much. Um, But over eight years of staying home, you know, there was this constant stirring for something Mm -hmm. more, but not the confidence to step into that, not the confidence Mm -hmm. in the Lord to step into that. And so, uh, so yeah, so I think there's a little bit of a lack of confidence that I've had to navigate through, uh, throughout my, throughout my leadership and throughout my years. Um, also just because of a lack of confidence, just believing that I had anything to offer, anything of value to offer, like anything really valuable to offer. I always just deferred to uh, to somebody else and would have been seen as the more reluctant leader. So yes, was always given leadership opportunities, but it would have been reluctantly, received reluctantly. And, um, and again, very much like you, I do think that that discomfort even not seeing that in yourself. Um, but being obedient is part of the cross, you know, that, that I've been called to bear as well, right. Is having to face my own insecurities, having to face my own lack of confidence, having to face my own, like, I don't really have anything special to offer here. I don't have any skills to offer. I don't have anything great to bring to the table here, but still stepping in and then realizing that through the empowerment of the Holy spirit, that something great actually begins to happen. And you're like, Oh, that is that I didn't do that. <laughs> that was not me because I don't have that in me. I don't have that in me at all. But with the power of the Holy Spirit, something powerful and something beautiful can happen. And so over time, and as the Lord started to use my life, I started to see the fruitfulness of that. And then that started to build my confidence in stepping into those opportunities, those different places and opportunities. I totally am aware though of like what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And it's not like I I don't think for a second that I can do everything. I don't oh, think for yes. a second yes. that I'm good at everything, but I am loving this season of life of figuring out, okay, what I bring to the table well, and then being able to leverage what others bring to the table well, and like literally working as the body of Christ together and leaning on each other for that. So, you know, part of one of the things I love about working with you is that your gifts and strengths and even what you see in leadership is different than what I bring and what I see. But yet when we bring those gifts together, something really awesome happens. And so I love like whenever we do something, I love, I'm always like, Rhonda, you've got to do this. You got to champion this. You got to, and you do, and it is powerful. And it has massive like momentum and success. And like, it's incredible, right? So I just love how those gifts kind of come together and we're learning, we're learning all of that. But yeah, no, I'm the same. The other thing I think is really funny is, um, you know, when we stand up, let's say like on a stage or in, sit in front of the team and are leading, you know, uh, a meeting or, you know, leading a volunteer team or, you know, any of these leadership environments. It's so funny because the things that are running through our head Oh my goodness. While that's going on and you're actually talking, like you're talking away, 
you're preaching, like you're bringing the word and like you're like bringing it passionately. And the things that are running through your head, like the insecurities that are running through your head, like, um, oh, you know, like, oh, my, my, my pants are a little bit tight. Like, do I have a roll showing, (laughs) you know, is, um, you know, my nose is starting to run. I don't know. I forgot to bring a Kleenex up. I wonder if it's glistening in the light and people can see it. (laughs) Like, do I wipe it? Do I not? Isn't that crazy? I'm really thirsty. Like my throat has a tickle. There's no water. I wonder if I should, you know, the clock isn't on in the back. How long have I been? How much time, you know, how much more time do I have? There's someone sleeping in the front row. like dead asleep and you can only see them because the lights you can't see anyone past the third row (laughs) they're they're passed out or whatever or you hear noise or there's a commotion happening at the back and you just and you can see and hear all of it or there's someone who you had a really uncomfortable conversation with and they're literally glaring at you (laughs) and you're like just feeling all of this while Isn't it crazy that that can happen? Your brain, you're preaching and talking and thinking about all these things and your mouth is just continuing to talk. Or have you ever been up there and you're literally saying to yourself, shut up, stop. You've, you've been taught, you're like, you're going around the horn. What, why do you, why are you still talking about this? Bring it home, land the plane, (laughs) land land the plane, plane. (laughs) like stop talking about this. Why are you circling? And you can hear yourself, but you can't get out of the loop. Goodness. to move it to your next point it's like the two parts of your brains are fighting it's like the tension of the two brains one's telling the brain stop it stop it now and you're like i i can't land the plane i don't know what to do it's so funny oh. so so yeah so what does it feel like it feels like all of that all of it all the insecurities all the weights all the pressures all the expectations all you know Mine would be like a savior complex, a savior complex for years and years and years and years. Yours is striving. Mine's like the savior complex. Like I have to do everything. I have to do everything. You know, I have to, you know, respond to this person. Do everything. They, they need me. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord set me free of that. There is none of that anymore. I'm so thankful for that. But all of that has been part of the wrestle of like, what does it feel like? But you know what? Despite all that insecurity and all that, yeah, I do just keep showing up. I just keep showing up. Even though it doesn't feel awesome. (laughs) Like it doesn't. It doesn't feel as awesome as it looks. Like when you get to the point of like even like a heart conference and it is so awesome. Like it doesn't feel awesome. No. In that moment. Like do you know how much like work and how much like planning and how much prayer and how much and in the moment you're like is it even good is god even moving like you don't know like you don't know for sure sometimes when you're in it if it's even good (laughs) so all of this is like what is going on and you have to lay all that down every day over and over and over again and just say okay lord okay lord like i'm yours i'm yours would you use me like i'm your servant oh it's so true lori i love that because it doesn't go and that's the thing i think when i was younger i thought well i just need to overcome this and it'll completely go away i won't feel it what happens now is you're like god bring me to the end of myself fast like when that pops up i recognize it now i submit it to the cross like i recognize it but it doesn't mean insecurities fear and actually 
the more God keeps opening doors, you keep growing outside of your comfort zone. Oh, it's stretching every time. So every it's, time. you're insecure every new every time. time. Yeah. It's not like all of a sudden you're like, oh, I've, I've done that. No, God just opens up other opportunities, different capacities, different leadership moments, and all of that flares up again. It doesn't just go away. And even some of you watching may be like, oh, that might be a comfort to you because maybe you've been trying actually to overcome something in your life that you just have to keep surrendering. Like it's literally a, sur a life of surrender. And that's just saying, God, bring me to the end of myself. Help me to see what's happening before I get myself into this tailspin. And it's actually, I start to put myself in front of you. I put all of these things in front of you and it becomes like idolatry because then it's about me and how I'm feeling. And if I'm like how I'm looking, all of that, that's not of you. That's not what I want. I got to press through that. And so really it's about a life of surrender. And as we do that, like when I look at the journey of my life and I look at my life now, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful I keep saying yes. And is it always easy to say yes? No. There's many times I'm like, really? <laughs> It'd be, I'd rather choose the path of ease, choose the path of comfort because of the work, because of all of those areas. But you know what? When you're in it, there is such a joy after when you've been obedient and you lay those things down and be like, nope, my life is not my own. I'm bought with a price. If this is what you've asked me to do, if this is the opportunity, if this is my way of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, I'm in, I'm in. But it w may look that you have to take a big step out of your comfort zone. It's not always, it's not usually going to be within your comfort zone. It's usually outside because then we give the glory to God. And we also, it's about really working out all of those things in our lives and submitting it to Christ. And how do they get worked out? opportunities present themselves for us to make them available to God and to surrender. It's not just going to happen if we choose just to keep the easy route. And I feel like someone listening today, God may be putting his finger on an area of your life and you've been resisting. Maybe like you've said, Lori, a reluctancy to say, oh, it's too hard or I don't feel ready or I don't feel qualified or I don't have the time or I don't really feel like this is right. If God is putting on your heart, this is part of your obedient step to be a part of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not always by just sitting down and actually talking about the gospel message. We live the gospel message. We live it. And we, we do that in all different ways. And so I really feel like looking at my life now, I'm always, I'm very grateful for the many times I've said yes. And those yeses outside of my comfort zone have caused the greatest growth and continue to. Does it come with the other side? Absolutely. And I don't know if you ever let go of that because if you talk to anybody, no, nobody at any time is like, I think a pastor Jason who preaches every Sunday. He, there's probably not a Sunday. You could speak specifically. He gets up there and he's like, oh, this is easy. I've done this. No, you, you feel the weight. You feel the responsibility. You feel I'm going to give my all, but all of that comes with once again, we're stepping into those spaces and, uh, it's worth the yes though, because God is the one we're serving. And if he's asked us to do it, okay. Okay. Then if that's what, that's what I have to put, like move through, then that's what comes with it. But I want to grow. Oh, I don't want to ever stop saying yes. No, it's so true. And I think there's a couple of things that, that I would say have been like really important and, and a high value in, on this journey is that like, I always want to be living the message I preach. Like I never, I never want to say something out of my mouth that I'm not living, that I'm not actually, now I'm not saying I live it perfectly, but saying I'm not actually surrendered yes. to living it out 
in that way. And I think that's really, really, really important, especially if you're in any kind of leadership, because you actually have no authority to speak on anything that you're not willing to live out yourself. Um, And I think that is huge. I think that's huge and been a huge value and been a huge value for both Jay and I, which is why like in our leadership, we've led from an authentic place of saying like, no, no, like don't look to us as the example, like look to Jesus. We don't do it perfectly. We definitely don't do it perfectly. But genuinely, we are not going to say do this if we're not willing to, if we're not willing to actually put that into practice in our lives. We won't say forgive your brother if we're not willing to forgive, you know, for the hurts that have happened in our lives and so on and so on. And whatever it is, whether that be like sin habits, whether that be all of that, like we will not ever get up and preach rail against something that we're not living, like that we're not actually not living. Um, The other thing I think that's so, so important in this conversation and for anybody listening, and as you're thinking about your own leadership and just thinking about your own journey is be faithful with what God has entrusted you with. Whatever he has put in your hands, be faithful with that. Whether you see yourself as a leader or you don't, whether you see yourself as a leader, but all, but there's no one to lead and you're like, what the heck? I, I'm supposed to be, you know, da, da. be faithful yes. with whatever God has placed in your hands. So that starts maybe with, you know, it could be a friend group if you're single, that could be uh, a child if you're a parent, that could be just a husband or wife, that could be again, no matter what it is that God has put into your hands, be faithful and steward that well and serve, sacrificially serve as a servant, take the posture of a servant, serve and be faithful and God will entrust you with more. It is absolute. It doesn't matter if you don't see yourself that way or if you see yourself that way or not. It's not about that. Be faithful with what you've been given and God will continue to entrust you with more. And if he hasn't entrusted you with more, there's actually a reason for that. And that's okay. And embrace that too. Embrace that contentment in what God has given you right now. Steward it well, steward it faithfully, and he will take care of the rest. He absolutely will take care of the rest. So I'd say those would be two really important keys. Those are profound keys. And the third one I would ask too is don't compare yourself to someone else. Absolutely. Don't look to someone else and say, well, I'm not doing that or I'm not as you are significant how God has made you, positioned you, what he's given into your hands is unique to you. And we need to not look to the right or left in the sense of like we compare of where our importance, our significance. It's different when we were inspired by one another and we like the iron sharpens iron. That's really important, but it's never meant to be in a place that we diminish the work of the spirit within our own lives and the giftings he's given us. And also the capacity and the life he's given us, it all looks different for all of us. And so I love, Laura, how you just shared that's that's really wise sound advice today and a real hands on like feet on the ground, like something to take away. And as well, just focus on Jesus, really focus on Jesus, listen to him and find your true value and worth and what he says about you and what he's given you, not in what others are doing or how you're comparing yourself. It will rob and steal and destroy all the life that God is doing in and through your life right now in this moment, in this season. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I love that. Well, we want you to reflect on this question, even in your own life, you know, how do you think other people see you or perceive you? And what does it actually feel like to be you? Embrace that, 
lay that at the foot of the cross. Give that to Jesus and let God continue to work in your life in a powerful way, in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, in the gifts that he's given you, in all of that, because he will do a far better job than you can ever do, even with what you think you want or what how you see your future or how you see your present, if it is what you think it should be or not. Like God actually can do in you so much greater beyond your wildest imaginations if you surrender all of that to him and uh, and just walk out, be faithful, be faithful with what he's given you. I think it's a really fun question just to reflect on and to think about and uh, and to surrender and to surrender over to the Lord. But the truth is, yeah, Rhonda and I do have leadership right now, um, tr- a tremendous amount of leadership actually right now we've, we've been entrusted with, um, but it doesn't always feel, well, it actually doesn't ever feel the way it is perceived. That's it. <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. That's just, that is the way it is. And that's the way it is, I think, for all of us. I know. And, and so, so thankful that. that the Holy Spirit is with us. Yeah. So grateful. We couldn't yeah. do what we do without the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so those of you watching, not watching and listening, we just want you to know that you are significant and God has a plan for you. And so follow your King, follow your King because he is looking, he is calling you specifically. You don't have to look to the right or the left. Follow him. What he's asking you to do, what he's saying, asking you to say yes to, what he's asking you to lay down and also what he's entrusted into your hands, follow him and he will multiply and equip and resource and empower you to do what only you could do through him. That's so good. And if you're in a season of frustration, if you're in a season where you just feel like you're not doing what you desire to be doing, you're not stepping into the fullness of your call or purposes in the way that maybe you imagine that you could just hold fast in the season, hold fast to Jesus, hold fast to who he is, trust him, surrender, lay it down, be faithful with what he's given you, and he will do something great in your life. It's been so great chatting with you today. We hope you have an awesome day. Thank you for joining us today on the Awakening Moments podcast. We pray that you are filled with hope and joy as you navigate the challenges of life. And we would love for you to subscribe to this podcast or share it with your friends. And remember, you are so loved by God and he is always with you.